Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to church. Um, we're so glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Today we begin a brand new series called Seasons. And I'm so excited about this because I believe it's going to help bring some clarity to our lives. I think it's going to help us move forward. You know, I think if we're honest, I think we're all waiting on something to happen in our life. We're, we're, we're waiting on maybe it's a dream. There's a dream you have that just hasn't happened yet. Or maybe you're waiting to meet the right person. Come on. You are single and so ready to mingle. ChristianMingle.com. And so you're ready. You're waiting on the right person. Can I just interject real quick and do some marriage counseling? The first thing about having a great marriage is, number one, selecting the right person. So it is, I got a one amen on that. I guess everybody else did not select the right person. Let me try that again. If you want to have a great marriage, number one, you need to select the right person. And we do, and it's important. So it's worth the wait sometimes, but some of us are waiting on the right person. Some of us are waiting on the right business partner, the right investor maybe. Maybe you're waiting on your dream home, trying to get that dream home, and, and, uh, and there's an expectation. I want to encourage you to keep your, your, your hopes up, but I know that what happens sometimes, especially in the seasons of our lives, when things aren't happening the way that we think that they should happen, they, we can get frustrated. Anybody get frustrated when things just don't seem to happen while, while, or the way that we think that they should happen? And while you're turning to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, I want to just read to you a couple of, of, of scriptures, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 9 or Ecclesiastes 3 1 says this it says to everything there is a season a time for every purpose under the sun every season a time a purpose Ecclesiastes 11 3 11 if you jump down it says he has made everything beautiful that word made in the Hebrew actually means accomplishes advances appoints to bring, to bring, I can't even read this, to bring forth, to bring forth. God makes everything, and what he does is as he's making, he's accomplishing, he's advancing, he's bringing forth everything. Why? So it can be beautiful. The word beautiful in the Hebrew means this, excellent, good. But when does it happen? In its time. It happens in its time. And God wants to accomplish things in your life. And when he's doing it, here's what he's doing. He's making it beautiful in its time. And I want to encourage you today because the Bible tells us that there are appointed seasons in our life. Does anybody believe that? There's appointed seasons. You know, when I was reading Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, do you know that it said the word time 25 times? If you read that, you heard it in the video. It's so beautiful. I love that video. Every time I hear it, it just brings peace to my heart because it means that there is going to be an appointed time for what God has for us. But here's what I want to submit to us today. If there is a right time, then that also means there is a wrong time. And if there is a wrong time, I don't want to be in the wrong time. I want to be in the right time. And God, and the good news here today is that you and I can be in God's timing. Can I hear a good amen today? 
to have you found Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. It says this, and Solomon is writing. He says, I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor of skill. Watch this. But time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Today, as we embark on this series, and it's really going to be a journey, and I hope that you'll join us for the next couple of weeks, I've entitled today, Being at the Right Place at the Right Time. Being at the right place at the right time. How many of you know people like this that always seem to be in the right place at the right time? They're kind of annoying because they can, you can go to work and they will tell you, hey, listen, I was at the mall this weekend and I just happened to run into a good friend and that good friend was just telling me about a job opportunity where they're at. And so, yeah, I just thought, hey, I'm gonna apply. I'm gonna go for it, right? And so let's, let's see what happens. And you're like, I've been praying for a new job for like two months. And they just happened to be at the mall to run into an old friend that's gonna give them an opportunity. And I wanna tell you this, God can do this in our life, that he can bring us to a point where we are in the right place at the right time. And let me just tell you, when that happens, it's called a divine intervention. A divine intervention. Now, some people call it luck. I call it a divine intervention when God does this in your life. Now, there are some things in our lives that just haven't happened yet. We're, we're expecting, I mean, we're, we're believing, right? And let me just tell you this, I hope this encourages you. See, I believe that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he gives us the desires of our heart. And really what happens is when you are delighting yourself in the Lord, he changes your desires where your desires start to become his desires. And his desires become, his desires become your desires. But watch this. And some things in our life haven't happened yet, not because God doesn't want them to, but listen, God is saying no, but not for forever. God is saying no for now. And I think sometimes we get upset with that because we want it right now. And I wanna have it right now. Come on, Pastor Phil, I know that God can do a miracle and he can bring it right now. Now, I wanna tell you something. When we, so we talk about seasons, okay, I'm not talking about necessarily things that God has already done. God has already given you healing. Can I hear a good amen? God has already given us salvation. Those are, those are things that we can believe for. But I'm talking about specific dreams or maybe that person that you're waiting on to get married or, or to date or, or that business partner. And what I'm saying to you is that I think we think that because it's not happening now, that it's never going to happen. And that's not necessarily true. It's going to happen in God's time, and it's going to ha happen when God brings you at the right place at the right time. But the opposite is true. The wrong thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. Listen, I think marriage is great. I love marriage. Marriage is not wrong. But I wouldn't get married at 16. 
I wouldn't do that because it's the wrong time. And many people find themselves in the wrong timing, and it could be the right thing. But I want to submit to you today that the wrong thing or the right thing at the wrong time can still be the wrong thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, to everything there's a season, there's a time, there's a purpose under heaven. Watch this. God values time so much. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, it says, but when the right time came, the right time came, God sent his son, both of a, born of a woman, subject to the law. Now, when you look into the Greek, the Greek, the New Testament is written in Greek. There's two words for the word time. The first one is chronos. Everybody say chronos. It's kind of like cronut. Like, have you ever eaten a cronut donut? It's chronos. Everybody say chronos. It's the word that we get chronology, we get chronological from, and this means the length of time, measure times. It's the tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. It's, it's today, it's how we measure time. Now, people can view chronos day-to-day, the tick-tock, tick-tock. They, they can view it as, you know what, my chronos right now, life is tough. I have no control over it. And some people view their chronos like this. Well, I'm just going to let time pass by. I'm just going to let time pass. Whatever happens, happens. This is their view on Kronos. Kesara, Kesara. Life is happening to me. And then there's some people, they're just like, man, just kind of, they have some hopes, some dreams, but they're like, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm just waiting to retire. You know, I've got three years, two months, one week, 17 hours, 12 seconds till I retire. And the highlight of their life is being really tired. I mean, retiring, I'm sorry. And I'm just gonna wait. All right, so what are you gonna do in the Kronos time, right? And the Greek idea of Kronos is that time kills you. Time basically kills you and everything just keeps coming and going. But here's the second Greek word. The second Greek word for time is Kairos time. Everybody say Kairos, please. Kairos time. Now watch this. Kairos is this. Kairos is the right moment, the perfect moment, the opportune moment, a due season, an appointed time by God. Actually, Kairos, what it is, is it's an empowering moment in your life. Kairos is when a divine moment meets a destiny moment in your life. It's a divine moment that meets a destiny moment in your life. And when divine favor meets a divine opportunity, boom, that's Kairos. It happens in your life. And see, these kairos interventions, these divine interventions that happens in your life, watch this, that is God's timing working in your life. That is God's timing working in your life. And as we begin this series, I want you to start to believe for kairos moments in your chronos time, in the tick-tock, tick-tock of every day. And I know, listen, I know this is going to sound like a miracle, but it can even happen on Mondays. It can happen on Mondays that in the chronos of Monday morning, right, that you can have a kairos moment, a divine intervention where God moves in time. And here's the thing about God. God is not limited to time because he lives outside of time. But what he will do is he will move in time for a divine moment for his children. Can I hear a good amen? And so I want us to start to believe, right, that in your daily tick-tock, tick-tock every day that we start to believe for divine moments. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11 and 12 says this. We read, 
The race doesn't always go to the fastest and the strongest. Riches don't always go to the smartest and the most skillful. And then Solomon says this, Solomon says, but time and chance happen to them all. Watch this. In other words, this is what Solomon was saying. People who trust in the timing of God enjoy blessings that not even the fastest, strongest, and most skillful people can enjoy. I want to say that again. Take a picture of the screen. People who trust in the timing of God enjoy blessings that not even the fastest, strongest, most skilled will enjoy. And let me just tell you, I believe in being wise. I believe in being strong. But the Bible says you can be fast. You can be skillful. You can be strong and miss the wrong, the right time. And things won't go as you thought they would go. And you can miss your destiny. But it didn't mean that you weren't fast. It didn't mean that you weren't strong. It didn't mean that you weren't skillful. It just means that you missed your timing. But time and chance happen to us all. And the people that trust God's timing have divine interventions that move the purposes of God and move the purposes that God called them to forward. Can you believe that this morning? You know what? If there's a right place at the right time, that means there's a wrong place at the wrong time. I do not want to be in those places because I'll tell you, I have been in those places. I have been at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was youth pastoring a large youth ministry in El Paso, Texas, and I was headed to a conference. And uh, it was a friend of mine who helped mentor us. And so it was a conference of youth pastors, but a different kind of conference. It's only about 15 of us. And she would sit us down in her living room and just impart wisdom. We could ask any question that we wanted to ask about her and her life. And it was an incredible time. And I was so excited about it. I got on an airplane and it just so happens because I was busy. I only had my wallet and like $250 cash. So I, I, I didn't have my wallet, I just had my license. So I got on the plane and I got to the airport and usually, cause I've done this conference before when you get there, she would have interns really excited about us being there and they would hold signs and you know, just really encourage us, it was really awesome. So I get down off the plane, I'm going to get my luggage and I don't see any interns. And anytime we've gone, there's been interns. Cause I know this lady, she's an amazing woman and she's always trying to build people up. Well, I was like, this is interesting. There's just no, no interns. Like, so I went and got my bags, my, my bags. And I, I just, I texted her and I just said, Hey, um, I, I'm here. And I, I, I don't, I didn't see anybody. And she said, well, the conference is next week. And I looked at an email and saw something that I thought I saw. And the problem was, is that the conference was in Atlanta. I don't know if you know how hard it is to get to Atlanta from El Paso, but it's pretty far, pretty long. I didn't have a credit card. I, I thought like I was gonna be in that movie called, um, what was the Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal? I thought I'm just gonna stay here for like three or four weeks because I called to try to rebook my flight and it was actually more expensive to, to change the flight. I just, I just only had $250 in my pocket. So for four days, I was stuck in Atlanta because I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And ladies and gentlemen, I tried to maximize that time. I had my phone, but this is like 12, 15 years ago. Phones weren't like they, <laughs> they were today. Come on, somebody. Have your Bible on your phone. But you know what? I don't wanna be in that place. 
And this is what he talks about. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 12, he says, for man also does not know his time. He's talking about a person that doesn't know or trust the timing of God. And watch what happens. He says, for the man that does not know his time is like a fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare. Do you know what happens to a fish that is on a hook or a bird that's caught into a snare, they take the bait. They see the bait, they think it's good, and they go after it, and they end up getting trapped. And that's the analogy that he's giving for people who are going after things at the wrong time. Because if you go after the right thing at the wrong time, you can actually end up trapped in your life. And so he's saying, look, I want you to trust the timing of God. I want you to trust in the timing of God. Well, Pastor Phil, I want it now. And you go after the bait, not realizing, guess what? There's a net. There's a trap. And here's what I've found. Operating in the wrong time doesn't become a blessing. It actually becomes a burden to your life. Let me try this side over here. Operating in the wrong time is not a blessing to your life. It actually becomes a burden to your life. So I don't wanna be this person. And here's the good news. The good news is that you can operate in the timing of God. But there's really two types of people. There's the type of person who says, you know what? I believe it's all up to me. You know, it's up to my timing. I'm gonna make things happen. And then the second person, there's a person that actually believes that God is leading them to the right place at the right time. And the good news is my church family, you and I can be at the right place at the right time in God's timing. Do you believe that today? And can you believe that on Monday though, tomorrow when you get ready for work? Can you believe that when you're in line for school picking up your kids, that long line that's stopping other people from moving forward? Can you believe that when your phone is not ringing and they're not calling you to work? Can you believe that God can lead you to the right place at the right time? And I want to start to believe that because I have had divine interventions in my life that have brought me to right where I am here today. And I'm still believing that in my everyday life, in the tick-tock, tick-tock, the chronos time, that God is going to put kairos moments in my life. And let me just tell you what kairos moments do in your life. Three things. Number one, it brings a divine acceleration to your life. One Kairos moment will change everything. One Kairos moment. It will bring a divine acceleration to your life. Things that don't normally or take, things that normally take years to happen, happen suddenly. Can I just tell you that while you're waiting, God is working? The Bible says that he can make a way where there seems to be no way, but you don't see the way, so you don't think that he's not working. But he's actually making a way, and you'll see the way, and when you'll see the way, you'll know that God was working on a way even though you didn't see it. But then when you see it, you'll know he's working, and you know that he has worked. But because we don't see the way, we think that God is not working. But in our wait, he's actually setting you up for a Kairos moment. He's going to set you up for what he created you for. And what happens in a Kairos moment is things are, are divinely accelerated in your life. Things that normally would take years happen suddenly. Have you ever read the book of Nehemiah? Nehemiah is an incredible book. I love Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is serving the king. He's a foreign king. And he 
realizes that the walls of Jerusalem have totally been uh, desecrated and they have not be, been rebuilt. And he believes that he's supposed to go back and rebuild these walls. And he goes to the king and says, I need to go back to Jerusalem. I need to bring these walls, build these walls. And the king says, go ahead. And so he goes ahead and he starts to build and rebuild these walls. Let me just tell you, the walls of, uh, of, of Jerusalem have been in ruin for 152 years. 152 years they were in ruin. You know what? For 70 years, 70 years, the Israelites tried to rebuild that wall. 70 years. Nehemiah comes in. He prays. He gets some strategy. Watch this. And rebuilds the whole wall in 52 days. Because he understood Kairos moments. Now watch this. He's on the wall and he's working and there is distraction. People are going to try to distract you. People are going to try to steal time from you. They wanted him to come down off of the wall. And he tells them, I love this. He says, listen, I'm about a great work. Can I ask you, Passion Live Church, are you about a great work in your life? See, he says, I'm about a great work. Why am I going to come down off the wall and talk with you? Why am I going to come down off the wall and meet with you? Because he understood that his timing was important. And what I find very interesting is that after 152 years, right, there's no walls that are being rebuilt. It took 70 years of planning and nothing still happened. But here comes Nehemiah and in 52 years, 52 days, God accelerates the time and the walls of Jerusalem are built. 52 days. See, I'm believing that in Kairos moments, God's going to accelerate some things in your life. How many of you can believe that for your life today, that he can accelerate some things? And divine moments touch favorable people in Kairos moments of your life. Now, I'm talking about believing that this is going to happen in your life. Well, nothing good ever happens to me. I don't have any friends. I always go to the wrong places. Can I just encourage you? Start believing that good things are going to happen to you. Start believing that God is going to start opening doors in your life. Start believing that you are a person of divine favor. Can I hear a good amen? And that favor is happening when you walk through those doors, that God is orchestrating things in your life, and he will do that. Here's number two. Kairos moments bring about unusual occurrences. Things that never happen occur at ridiculous odds. Ridiculous odds. I'm going to tell you just, and in this series, I'm going to just bring out some personal stories because I feel like it's good to share some things that have happened because I think we can look at the Bible and go, well, I'm not Nehemiah. I'm not David. I'm not Esther. I'm, I'm me. You are you. But the principles that they apply to their life are truths. And if we'll apply those truths in our lives, we can see great things happening. But I have seen right? Divine acceleration in my life. I have seen unusual occurrences happen in my life several times. I remember before we planted Passion Life Church, we moved out here. We've been out here in Marietta for seven years, and we moved out here seven years, a year before we planted the church, and I was a youth pastor, and I had traveled 
And so I still had itinerant dates to, to speak at a couple of conferences as the youth pastor. And there's a conference that I almost spoke at every year in Albuquerque. And um, there's Storm Conference. And then on Sunday, the pastor asked me if I could please speak on Sunday. And I did. And so I was just speaking on Sunday uh, about our church, about taking a step of faith. Well, at that time, we did not know anyone in this city. When we moved here, we didn't know anyone, like no one. And so I was thinking, how are we going to start this church? You can't just go to Walmart and give out, you know, little flyers and go, hey, come to our church, right? People don't care about that stuff. Here's what we needed. We needed some divine intervention in our lives. Well, watch this. So I'm preaching in Albuquerque, and I finished the message, and we had some people come up, and they were very gracious and gave us offerings for the church. And I had a lady walk up to me, and she said, hey, uh, so you said that you are going to the Temecula area. You're living in that area and you're going to plant in that area. I said, yeah, yes, ma'am, we are. She says, you know, um, I have some friends in that area. Now, listen, we're in Albuquerque. We're not here. We're in Albuquerque. She says, I have some friends in that area that have just left a church. Actually, they've been out of church for about two years. And um, I, I think they're broken. I think um, you may want to talk with them. I said, great. Give me their number. She goes, they'll get a hold of you on Facebook. I was like, all right, cool, that's fine. And I was like, I literally left that conference going, okay, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Well, two or three days later, I got a Facebook message. And we met the first couple from the church. And when we met them, we had a taco night. And we met other people. They brought friends. And that's how the church started. The church started with a divine appointment in Albuquerque. It wasn't here. It was over there that God put us in the right place at the right time. Now I'm gonna tell you another story and this gives me goosebumps every time I tell it. When I went to our pastor and said, hey, we were believing about going to Marietta and Temecula and, uh, and we're, you know, we're praying about it. He's like, good man, we'll bless you. And so let's put a timetable together of how we're gonna you know, transition this. Who do you recommend to take over the youth ministry? And so I had a recommendation of somebody who I was just grooming and, and working with. And so he said, okay, on what day do you think that we should, we should kind of announce to the congregation? He was asking me, I said, hey, pastor, the only thing I would say is we're end of November and a lot of people are out and back and forth. So I would hate for us to do this now real quick. And then the youth come back after vacations, like, hey, wh where did Pastor Phil go? And so what happened was, I said, why don't we do it in January when everybody's coming back and I'll groom Alex and we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. He's like, cool. So the Saturday night service, they have a week, they have a weekend services. They have a Saturday night and three uh, Sunday services. The Saturday night that pastor got up and he started praying over us and bless us. He said, hey, listen, if you want to talk to Phil afterwards, go ahead. So I'm standing there and this gentleman comes walking up to me and he says, hey, I'm from Temecula. He says, I'm a truck driver. And he said, um, I don't usually do this, but I just thought I was driving through and I looked online and I saw that we had a Saturday night service here. So I thought I would show up. And he says, so when you get to the city, I want you to know that we'll connect with you. Now listen, this is a Saturday night, El Paso, Texas. There was somebody from Temecula in that service. Can I just ask you, what are the odds of that? That's not coincidence, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kairos. And what God can do for me, he can do for you. But here's the reality. I believe that he can bring these moments into your life. Can I hear a good amen? So it's not only a divine acceleration in your life, right? And here's what happened. We got to, we got to, 
Temecula and he moved to San Diego. <laughs> but you know what? I will tell you this. It encouraged me that he was there. I was like, boom, man, this, this is happening. So it not only br- br- uh, brings a divine acceleration in your life and an unusual occurrence, but it also has number three, supernatural interventions. When Kairos moments happen in your life, it's the way things come out make no earthly sense. Do you remember Esther in the Old Testament? It's an amazing, amazing woman. Esther won a beauty pageant. And it wasn't like you would see on TV for like, you know, Miss America. It was a year-long beauty pageant to marry the king. I'll tell you what, man, that is a great prize. The king, though, finds out or actually doesn't know that there is a plot to kill all of the Jews. Esther is Jewish. And her cousin Mordecai understands that there is a plot to do this. And so what happens is Mordecai comes to Esther and says, hey, listen, you are the queen. You need to do something. Well, here was the challenge. Esther hadn't talked to the king, her husband, in probably like 30 days. And I don't know what was happening in the marriage or what not, but she had not seen the king in about 30 days. And she told Mordecai, if I go in and talk with him and I go in unsummoned and he doesn't pardon me, I will lose my life. And I love what her cousin Mordecai says to her, Esther chapter four, verse 14, it says this. He tells her, for if you remain completely silent, Esther, at this moment, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. How many of you know that God will work with you and he's called you. But if you don't heed his call, he can work with someone else. I said, he can pick someone else. And he says, God is going to do this, but you need to know when he does it, not only will you, may you die, but your whole family will die and perish. Yet who knows? Listen to these words Mordecai says. He says, who knows whether or not you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And she gets up the courage and she walks into the chamber and breaks in and she breaks into the chamber and the king pardons her and she stops a whole genocide for the Jews because she recognizes a moment. And you know what? I think about those words all the time and I hope that this will kind of set in your spirit. What if the whole reason you were born was for this moment right here in your life. In the tick-tock, tick-tock of your day, God wants to bring about the moments that he created you for. You know, Solomon talks about there's a time to be born. And I was thinking about this when we talk about time. Because in time, there are some things that you have no control over. Do you know that you had no control over your birth? Anybody in here asked to be born? I didn't ask to be born. As a matter of fact, my story is really, really different. My mom got pregnant out of wedlock. Society would say that I'm a total mistake, total accident. But here's the reality. You were born not because just your mom and your dad came together and had some interactive, intimate rodeo fun in the middle of the night. Come on, somebody. There's kids in here, so that's how I'll call it. It wasn't just because your parents got together. The Bible says in the, in the book of Jeremiah that God knew you and formed you and appointed you even before you were born. So even before you were born, you had no control over it, but God already had a purpose and plan for your life. And then watch this, because this gets me. He could have put you in any time of history. Any time he could have put you in. And you know what he did? He chose 2019 for you to be ready and he's called you into this time for his kingdom come on somebody 
Come on, we can give them a better round of applause than that. But many of us look at the chronos time and we just say, time is going to pass us by. No, time is not going to pass us by. We need to maximize the time we have because God has strategically placed you on this earth at this time. Can I hear a good amen today? But I think sometimes we look at preachers or we look at people on TV, we say, well, their life is significant. No, your life is just as significant because I want to be honest with you. If God didn't want you here now, you wouldn't be here now. But he wants you here right now in this season for a reason. And I want to start to believe that God is going to give me Kairos moments so those reasons can be realized in my life. And I love that Esther breaks into this moment. And it was the moment that she went through the beauty pageant for. And Mordecai reminds her, you're not just the queen's wife. You're not just pretty. You're not just one. You didn't just win a beauty pageant. You actually been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And one moment in time saved a genocide because of her life. And I know that seems really big and a, a huge magnitude for us to understand, but I want to tell you that there are people around your life right now that God wants to save. That there are people right now around your life that God wants to touch. And I'm just wondering, why are you here? You're here because God has planned it this way and this moment. And he wants to do supernatural interventions in your life. Can I hear a good amen? amen? You were born, my church family, for Kairos moments. Let's serve with Kairos moments in mind. I put in my notes, let's serve with solutions in our mind. See, Kairos moments really can act as solving problem moments. A lot of the people in the Bible were great because they solved problems. Yes, they were anointed and they were in the right time, but you know what? God had a problem for them to solve. You know, a lot of our volunteers and our department heads, I will tell them, please don't come to me with just a problem if you don't have a solution. I want you to be a part of the solution. So anybody can pick out a problem, but here's what happens. I find Kairos moments happen more often if we are people of solutions and we are serving with solutions in mind. And oftentimes these Kairos moments are a problem that needs to be solved. Now, let me just tell you this. Also in this word Kairos, the Greek word is the word crisis. A lot of times these moments happen in a crisis moment. That was a crisis moment. There was a genocide that was about to be happen, but Esther stepped in at the right time. If you read in the Bible, Noah built an ark, right? He had a moment in history, right? And because there was a, there was a flood coming. You look at all of the people in the Bible that are our heroes. They solve problems. They stepped in in a, in a crisis moment. And so what I'm saying is there could be a different way that we look at crisis in our life. It may be a moment that God is asking you to step up because it's your time to shine. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? It's your time. There's a problem you need to solve. Come on. Let's do better than that. Let's give the Lord a good round of applause. Are you getting something out of this this morning? So I want to conclude our time with these three things. Three things that we can do in this season to get us ready for next. You may not like the season that you're in. You may not. Seasons will come and go. And let me just encourage you. Seasons change. We're right now in a moment. 
where we're getting out of summer. It's been weird. In the morning, it's a little cold, right? And then you get to about lunch and then it's like hot again. And then it goes back to like winter at night. It's just weird. Like, and I want to tell you, no matter what season you're in, seasons change. And so you may be in a season right now that you're not happy with, but I believe that if we can do these three things and concentrate on these three things that God can move us forward. Here's number one, seize the season you're in. Listen to this. Seize the season you're in right now. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 10 says, whatever you, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, all your might. Can I say it this way? Be faithful with what's in front of you right now. God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? He was about to deliver the children of Israel and he asked Moses a question. What do you have in your hand right now? You know, if you know anything about King David in the new year, I'm going to do a whole series on King David because I just love his heart. He's the only man in the Bible that God said he was a man after his own heart. But if you know David's story, he had a bunch of different seasons. But before he was anointed king, before he killed Goliath, he was doing chores in the backyard. He was doing chores in the backyard. They say that in this culture, it was always the youngest who was responsible to take care of the sheep. They kind of gave him the job that nobody else wanted. I don't know if you've ever been there where you've been in a job that it just seems like nobody else wanted, so they gave it to you. And he's in the backyard taking care of sheep, right? And this is his story. He probably picked up his harp and he started to play as a young boy, right? And he's learning, bling, 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 and he's singing, right? And the sheep are like, David, that's bad, stop. And so he's picking it up and he's trying to sing, right? And he's in the backyard and there's time for a new king and he doesn't even get picked. He's totally overlooked. But can I just encourage you? God always knows right where you're at. God calls him out from the back. And this is what God will do. But I will tell you why God called him out. Because David was maximizing the season that he was in. See, there were sheep. Those sheep weren't even his. They were his father's sheep. He was taking care of those sheep like they were his sheep. And a lion came. And he grabbed the lion by the beard. And he killed a lion. Anybody kill a lion lately? Let me see here. And then the Bible says a bear. The sheep aren't even his. And the bear came and he killed the bear right in the backyard. Can I just tell you this? I see a bug and I run. And a bear comes and he kills the bear. And then he gets anointed as king. And you know what? They don't bring him out to the platform. He goes right back to the backyard. He goes right back to the backyard. And you know what his father says? His father says, hey, listen, David, I have some cheeses and I have some bread and I want you to take this cheese and I want you to take this bread out to your brothers. Now here's the problem. He doesn't like his brothers. Well, not necessarily that he doesn't like his brothers. His brothers don't like him. And so watch this. Listen to this. Listen to this. And his father, Jesse says, I want you to wake up early in the morning. Now, some of us would be disqualified with early in the morning right there. 
He says, I want you to get up early in the morning. I want you to take these cheeses and breads to your brother in the battle. You know what David does? He gets up early in the morning. He gets the Ritz crackers, come on, and the Telemuk cheese, and he puts it on a tray. And the Bible says, listen to this, he runs to the battle. He does not know that in his Kronos moment, in the tick-tock, tick-tock, taking cheeses and bread, ready, are you ready for this? That Goliath was going to be presented. Here's what's crazy. A lot, Goliath only came out twice a day. Goliath came out in the morning, early, and in the evening. He did not know that his father was setting him up for an opportunity that would change the face of his life. But because, because uh, besides Jesus on the cross, David and Goliath is probably the most famous story that ever happened. You know how he got the opportunity? He got the opportunity by taking some cheeses and bread. And when he stepped up, so did Goliath. So did Goliath. See, I think what happens in our lives is we want to seize Goliath, but we won't want to take the cheese and the bread. And before you seize Goliath, God wants you to know you need to serve the cheese first. Give me Goliath. No, 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 no. Here's the cheese. I don't want that. Don't give me no plate. Give me a slingshot. Can I just submit to you this question I want to ask? Do you think that slingshot was the first time that David picked up that slingshot and hit Goliath right in the head? No, sir. You know what? He'd been using that in the backyard with sheep. He'd been using that. Actually, if you study it out, they were called slingers. Not swingers, slingers. David could sling that thing at the, the timing of a small bullet. He hit Goliath right in the head. You know how he got the opportunity? Because he took some cheeses and some bread. And see, here's what I'm trying to tell you. People don't want to maximize the moment that they're in. They want the next season. And God says the next season will come when you maximize this season. If you got to forgive, forgive right now in this season. If you're going to serve, serve your heart out in this season. Because I have Kairos moments. David got a Kairos moment because in the tick-tock, tick-tock of his life, he took some cheeses and bread to people that he didn't like. And I'm telling you, put everything that you've got into this moment because God has a Kairos moment waiting for you. And I know it's good. Thank you. I'm surprised you're the only one that realizes that. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Put your heart and soul, the Passion Translation says, into every activity that you do. Well, I'm just a, I'm just a stay-at-home mother. Why do we have to add the word just in there? You're just, that, listen, you're a, a single mother appointed by God for this moment to raise those little giant killers, come on, to be men and women of God. You're not just anything. Put your heart and soul into everything, activity that you do as though you were doing it unto your manager and boss. Is that what it says? It says, as though you were doing it to the Lord, because the Lord is the one that will bring you to the right place and the right time. Because I hear a lot of people, they don't maximize their season they're in because they're always blaming somebody else. 
Well, you don't know my manager. You don't know my job. I don't, but I know the Lord. And if you'll do it as unto the Lord, he will open doors that no man can shut. And when God opens a door, that manager that's blocking you won't be able to block you when the Lord opens the door. So maximize this moment. And what's unfortunate is some people keep prolonging their season by not doing what God is asking them to do. I know people that are in the same season for years because they won't forgive. They will not forgive. And so they just keep going around the same mountain over and over. When's my season gonna change? When you change it. Come on, tell you this. One of the things I've learned in life is you've gotta be quick to forgive. You've gotta make a decision to forgive. Forgiveness is not a choice or an emotion. You never feel like doing it. It's always a decision. If you'll make the right decision, right decisions always lead to the right emotions. And listen, if you're single here, start forgiving now. Because when you get married, there's a whole lot of forgiveness required. And all the married people say, amen. Amen. So if you're single, start right now getting your life right. I can't forgive my mom. Well, then don't get married. Because that guy you marry, I know he looks great, but he's gonna require a lot of forgiveness. And let me say this, and I love you, but I need to say it, but you're gonna require some forgiveness too. Come on, we all need it. But what do we need to do? And my question is, what do we need to do in this moment that we need to maximize this? Can I just say this? You know, these moments, and moments are really never perfect. Never perfect. You know, I've had people walk up to me every once in a while, and, and this is not a humble brag. I'm just telling you, and I'm, I hope that you understand my, but somebody will come up to me like after service and go, you know what, son, you do really good up there. And that was just an incredible message. And I'm like, thank you. And I've had to tell people, people tell me, man you, you, man, you just make that look so easy. Yeah, you know what? You know how long it's taken me to prepare for this message? 20 years. This isn't just 30 minutes this week. I have fallen off stages I'm being honest with you. I have been on stage when they've shut the whole sound system off. You see people adjusting their hearing aids. Fell off stages in front of 300 kids. I was preaching. One of our kids was hit in a uh, drinking and driving accident and they did a memorial at a stadium and they asked me to close it out. There was like 3,000 kids there and I'm talking and the whole sound system shuts off. What do you do? What I'm saying to you is that perfect moments don't usually happen, but what you do in those moments can determine what's next. And you know what I did in that moment when all the sound system shut off? It was actually a blessing because everybody got quiet. And as everybody got quiet, I started to just talk. And you know what happened? 3,000 teenagers leaned in. And you know what? About 500 of them gave their life to Jesus without a sound system. It was a Kairos moment, but we just maximized it. And then I got off the stage and the guy's like, hey, sir, I'm sorry about that, but all the gas ran out in the generator. I said, I'm gonna pass some gas if you don't. No, I'm kidding. Seize the season you're in. Number two. Number two, and we're going to end in these last two. 
here's what you can do from now till next. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about this and we talk about sowing and reaping and what God wants to do in our lives. But here's number two, we've gotta realize that God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. Listen, God knows when the right time is. And listen to this, God knows when you're ready. Like really ready, not just I'm ready. No, when the character is built, when you're ready to step into that moment. David was anointed king, what, in his teens? It was 20 years before he actually sat on the throne. God is working while you're waiting. Nobody likes to wait, but he's working. He's developing you. He's perfecting that which concerns you. Do you know that it takes six months to build a Rolls Royce, but it takes six days to build a Toyota? Six months. Do you want a Rolls Royce or do you want a Toyota? Can I tell you what God wants? God wants to make everything beautiful in its time. And we have this microwave mentality. The only problem is, is we serve a crockpot God. He likes things to simmer. He likes things to be really cooked because when he presents you in that moment, his name is on your life. And he wants to get glory from what he's about to do in your life. Come on, yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. Here's the last one, number three. Believe, believe, believe that God is ordering your steps. Now, not every step that I have taken is a Red Sea moment. Man, that, those are amazing. God brings the wind and whoo, opens the Red Sea. Most of them never, maybe once, have I experienced that kind of kairos. But can I just tell you this? I believe that God is always ordering my steps, whether I'm in Target, whether I'm in Walmart, Aldi, wherever you go, I believe that God is ordering my steps. Psalms 37 verse 23 says, the steps of a good man. See, look, this denotes movement. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I believe that in every step that I take, watch this, that God is bringing me and leading me to the right place at the right time. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.